Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J, or the H&B Daily, the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we were joined by Manchester United fan and comedian Danny McLaughlin, who had some pretty interesting scorched earth things to say. Both about feet, Paul. Went in with both feet. He did, yes. Straight red. Um, we also spoke to a Newcastle fan who uh, was shocked and stunned as he stood outside St. James's Park getting interviews, uh, interviews, but getting autographs. Uh, he wasn't getting interviews. He was getting autographs before the, the game at the weekend. It's a nice story, isn't it? It's a lovely story, and I thought he was a very good talker, Paul. Yeah. And uh, Dave Seeger joined us. If you listen to the Sports Bar over the years, he's been an Arsenal blogger on the show and an author of books on the club. And he's written a really interesting book, Arsenal for Everyone, uh, looking into uh, the life of Arsenal fans with uh, disability. It was an interesting chat. So we hope you enjoy that. Um, we had a bit of a chat about various things. We've got a new fi- I'm going to tell you about a new film that's at the local cinema at the moment. <laughs> Not quite what you expect. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, Paul. Are you watching I'm a Celebrity at all? I've, not, I've kind of sort of seen it in the background. I've not yeah. really been watching it, really. I see uh, David. He's That's doing it, David. Well. David's on it, uh, proving very popular already. He's, he is a lovely man. That's, I, I saw Crackers saying this, our old friend Richard Cracknell, last night. and um, I've only met him a few times, but... He is like that off. It is not oh, him is he? turning on for the cameras. He's, he's, he's a lovely guy. He's got yeah. a real sort of dressing room en- energy about him. Yeah. Like, come on, lads. You can see him really yeah. doing well in Kevin Keegan's team. You know, he's full of, full of back rubs. That's one of the things he's really rubbing yeah. people's backs. The, uh, and, uh, Danny from Emmerdale and Arlene Phillips are quite taken by watching him do his workout. Oh, Danny really? said, I've got a man crush. I imagine if John Greggy already phoned up and said he's still too fat. I don't know if he, <laughs> yeah. he's still, he still thinks he's carrying a bit too yeah. much timber, I would imagine. Yes. Um, now, we did mention earlier on, Charlie, uh, we want to get the listeners involved in something today. <laughs> You've really made me laugh well, it's just about this. Bob. You were telling me, you, you, you said you were talking to your wife about the new film House of Gucci. House of Gucci. She, she she, she, what she likes to do is that she's never seen a film. Yeah. Do an impression of what the film will be like. Okay. And then we don't re- we rarely go and see the film. Because she's so that, basically <laughs> done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you said it to me, I thought, wouldn't it be great if you went along and you thought, this is going to be quite a, a kind of heavy-duty drama mm. starring Adam Driver and uh, really Lady stylish. Gargoyle. Yeah, stylish, based on true story, quite hard-hitting yeah. sort of courtroom uh, murder mystery drama. 
Um, and you kind of get in, you turn up, and you get the big popcorn, yeah, you get yeah. the massive Coke size yeah. of a bucket, size yeah. of Bielsa's bucket, you get a hot dog, you sit down, and then they fade up, and there he is, Graham Gooch, the former <laughs> England and uh, Essex batsman. <laughs> Hi, I'm Graham Gooch. Join me now at the House of Gucci, and he gestures with his arm, and it's Chelmsford, basically, yeah, with you. Yeah. and then he talks Lovely. you through them all. Lovely. He talks you through them all, and... Uh, it was out here, I remember, 15th of March, that I scored 144 <laughs> against North Hans. And you're thinking, hang on, this is, where's, where's Gargar, the driver? And then suddenly they have a net. Gargar's <laughs> having a bat. Uh, Adam Driver's feeding the bowling machine. Lovely, and Gucci's yeah. just, his co saying, yeah. just get your head over it, Gargar. Just, just come, just take a step forward for that. Lovely, yeah. And just slow it down a bit, Adam. Where the 90 mile an hour chin music flying yeah. in on the. And then it's an hour and just talking you through the 333. Yeah. Just, just, just ball by ball. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Welcome to the house. So what if all films really were about sport ultimately and you turned up and you turned up to see and it was actually something completely different. So let your imagination run wild. No, it's Tuesday and it's quite early, but let your imagination, based on the house of Gucci, which is not quite as advertised, let us know this afternoon and we'll bring the best of them to the listeners. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text eight ten eighty nine and tweet to TSA. Yes, Adam, I've got a pair on my day before England. Um Yeah. But these things happen. Well, and yeah. you can see Gar- Adam Driver there. Thousand just... yards there, glazing over. <laughs> uh, Adam, like, he'd have a bowl, wouldn't he, Adam? He'd be like Stephen Finn bowling, really coming coming from a very high point. I think. And, and Gar- point Gar- she doesn't know why she's in this film. Yeah. That's what I like. She's like, I don't know anything about... What is? What even but is cricket? She's gone so far through this whole process <laughs> that she doesn't feel, in all honesty, she can back out no, at this no, stage. It's a nightmare for her. She turns up at Cheltenham and it, it all goes pear-shaped <laughs> from there. So do let us know, talksport.com text 1889 tweet TSH&J on another uh, note today from the world of sport quite shocking story that uh, Donald Trump the former US president um, has been awarded an honorary black belt by the South Korean president of Taekwondo he's never tried it in his life this is a disgrace he's never tried this sport in his life it it struck me if you've gone through all the if you've gone all the belts in Taekwondo and you've worked hard to get to the coveted black belt, why you would just hand one? There's a picture of uh, Donald there in you know familiar pose. He's wearing all the taekwondo and he's proudly wearing the black belt. And you know what he's like. He'll be swaggering around telling everybody, yeah, yeah. Well, "Back off! I'm a black. I could have done it. Black belt in taekwondo. <laughs> I could have earned it. I just yeah. chose not. I for never me, really bothered. For me, it makes anyone who's got a black belt in karate or taekwondo. Yeah. It, for me, they've wasted their time yeah. because this makes it utterly worthless. You haven't got one of you, Paul. I haven't. No, exactly. utterly worthless. If I, if, if I don't want to drag you to the ground, be it, now, be you down. said that you went on the floor. You wouldn't even have known it. I just touch point on your neck and your legs buckle. down. Now those little things you had as kids when you push the yeah. bottom, the old legs would go a bit. bit. Oh, you, yeah. I just touch one point on your neck, mate, like that. and you're on the floor. Your black belt is worthless. Gone. Yeah, so, so there, Charlie's passed out. He'll be back two or three minutes. I think he'll be back with us. So anyway. Um, um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't quite know what to say about it. Is it kind of worthless? We, no, we, we wanted to know, like, if, have you been at a, an awards ceremony, you know, like a Player of the Year awards ceremony, yeah. and you've thought they didn't deserve that That's at all? Undeserved awards. Manager's son, you know, definitely sort of element or yeah. undeserved awards we were after, yeah. But if you see Donald Trump as a fellow, I mean, he's in his 70s now, but if you see him as a fellow black belt, you're probably, you can challenge him at any point, yeah. can't you? You yeah, probably yeah. get taken out by, he's probably still has secret service around him, so there's always a bit of a... Um, an Indiana Jones might, situation. There might be some quite nice it. stories in people who've claimed to be a black belt and, oh, then, yeah. have, and then have taken a shoe in. Back off, mate. The other one 
says SAS. Don't mess with me, yeah. mate. I'm SAS. The fact you've told me probably means you're not. Um, talksport.com, text 1889, tweet to and j and that, that should keep you going. Although, in a, inappropriate places to boo, I thought it was quite interesting that um, Pierre-Emil Hoybier from Tottenham said that um, he takes booing by the fans as a compliment. Well, oh. you've come to the right club then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, he said, I understand the boos. I hope it won't happen again. I understand there are high demands, high pressure. The fans have great expectations because we're a great team. So I take that as a compliment. And it struck me there are kind of inappropriate places to boo. Mm. I mean, football, you can uh, boo. It's an odd noise, isn't it? I mean, you jeer. Would you rather be jeered or booed, I think, but I think booing is such a choice isn't it it's such a funny thing to do it's not just you're not just showing you're upset about something you've actually got to shape your mouth in such a way i've been Uh, booed i've been booed in the past really and you do start giggling you make a conscious effort because it's like oh i'm being booed i'm I'm, I'm literally being booed off yeah unbelievable our our man of the match got booed the other week and then he scored the winner oh really yeah absolutely by by a really terrible group of fans in what circumstances were you booed Boo, oh, always, Paul, you've seen my act. <laughs> it wasn't even this good at some yeah. point. No, Lee and Bristol are. turned up to watch the film The Talented Mr Ripley to oh, find yeah. it was about the former Blackburn and England uh, midfielder, Stuart Ripley. Just three, two and a half hours. Yeah, imagine that, about Stuart, Stuart talking Rip- you through the career. I was born... Um... Yeah, that's right. Well, he was, almost certainly. He was born. Yeah, I, couldn't, right. I didn't even know where he was born. Yeah. I'm assuming he would know. Yeah, so keep those coming. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J with all of that nonsense. That was one thing on Sunday in the the commentary. Someone said, uh, oh, that he likes, Conte likes goal-scoring left-backs. I thought, that's a really niche, specific yeah. thing to like, isn't yeah. it? You really have to... I think he likes goal-scoring full-backs yeah. generally, really. Exactly, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, old, old, uh, Regulon got off the mark, thankfully. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Well, it's me, Charlie Baker, here on Talk Sport. And our uh, sports bar listeners from back in the day may recognise uh, the voice of our next guest. He was the Arsenal blogger on the show over the years. Um, he's written about Arsenal before, but he's written a very different book this time. Uh, Dave Seeger has written Arsenal for Everyone, Embracing Diversity and Equality. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Charlie. Nice to see you, Dave. So, uh, what was the inspiration for writing the book? It's kind of it's, it's telling the, the the story of your club, really, and, and the match day experience. Experience uh, and life as as a a fan with a disability at Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, it it evolved um, as it went along. The original inspiration was, you know, without going into much detail, I lost my son at quite a young age, and uh, we obviously had an Arsenal journey together and a football journey together. And I just found my, you know, my love of football and Arsenal hadn't changed, but mm-hmm. it, it gave it a different context and the meaning. You know, the, when we won, it was great. If we lost, it was another game. Mm. I, I found it a change, so I wanted a writing project that fitted my mood, if you like. And um, I just thought, well, okay, well, if, if, if I feel differently about football, how about I explore the stories of other people who, through, through no fault of their own, yeah. might feel differently about football. I'm not comparing being a grieving father to having a no. disability, but it's that it was that, that context, sort of mindset suppose, yeah. and, and putting support in context that yeah. was the, the inspiration. Was Alex Brooker the, the first person you say you sat with Alex? We know him from the last leg, etc. Big Arsenal fan. You sat with him for many years. Was that kind of the sort of springboard for it? To an extent? It, 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 it was in some senses in that I watched, I don't know if you saw it on the, on the, on the BBC uh, the year before last, was it early last year, his programme about his journey with his dis- disability. Mm, yeah. Now, some of it I knew, but watching it on television and it was so emotive and so passionate. Um, that that was one of the sort of uh, inspirations and uh, as he's a good friend of mine um, it helped but it's just the other thing that came out of that very clearly because he spent some time with some Arsenal disabled fans as well and, and, and through the Arsenal Disabled Support Association was that what for him he's not disabled when he's at a football match yeah it's you you go through those gates and you are just mm. an Arsenal supporter or a Tottenham supporter or a Torquay supporter you yeah. are not defined by anything other than your support of the club and that's mm. And that was one of the th- the cogs that started spinning, really, for me. Yeah, so it was very much one. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, if, like, like all of us, it frees us from the daily life, and that's what we enjoy most about it, isn't it? You say Arsenal are, are, are very good in the community, and uh, and in, in, in what ways do you think other clubs could up their game? Well, I don't want to... <laughs> it's not for me to speak about other clubs, and the people I interviewed at Arsenal, you know, very careful not to do so. So I just know... You know, with some of the things I've learned in some of the areas, we are leaders. That's okay, not so to so say others are following. In what way could they? Well, they... I mean, I'll give you a really good example, and, and I, I, so one I use quite freely because it's easy to explain. Imagine being a blind supporter and and and, and listening to a television commentary or yeah. a radio commentary. Now we take it for granted because we can watch the game that we know what's going on. Yeah. But if you think about it now, compared to, say, 20, 30 years ago, it's very mm. much, oh, it's in the whole pockets of space. It's yeah, not it's proper changed. commentary for someone who can't see the game. So at Arsenal, where every club in the Premier League has to have audio commentary that's compulsory uh, for their blind supporters, some clubs will just link it to their own website or to a local radio station. Arsenal provide hands-on, you know, bespoke commentary. Mm-hmm. And it is Charlie Pastor Paul, Paul Chester, Andy, Andy Pastor Dave, they put mm-hmm. it in the net. So it's actually concise so that blind person can visualise the game, which a lot of clubs don't do. Yeah. Uh, so that's just one example. Gave yourself uh, a goal, I see there, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He finished it off. Well, I got, I, and I gave an assist Paul, to the person who's not even Paul, here. Paul, Paul, <laughs> Andy got the assist. <laughs> I'm surprised he's got it in him. There's also, um, it's interesting, uh, Jordan Jarrett Bryan, one, one of our, our own here, present here at Talk Sport. Um, I, I had no idea that uh, he had a disability. Well, actually, that, uh, 
Jordan and Alex met together when they mm. were they were two of the people who were plucked, if you like, almost out of obscurity to do the Paralympics in 2012 mm. in London. Mm. So they both had some history of sport, some history of journalism, and were disabled. So they were that's the sort of people they wanted. And of course, both of them have yeah. forged brilliant careers ever since. I think the book so. gives you an appreciation because uh, all of us uh, you know, are able-bodied, and we go to games, and there's times we get frustrated with our team with it, we can't be bothered. But then you look at the amount of uh, effort and sacrifice mm. and everything else that goes into these fans making it all the way to a match from some some pretty far-flung corners. And uh, it, it does put it all in perspective, I think. Yeah, and it's also understanding that mm. uh, a basic question, you know, why would you go to a football match if you can't see the team? Why would you go to a football match if you can't hear the crowd, you know, if you can't jump up and celebrate? And it, it really explains that through the stories of the heroes, if you like, in my book. But, it, it, yeah, very firmly, Paul, you're right. It, 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 I hope if people read it, it will give them that context to sort of think, whoa, what am I moaning about really? Yeah. You know, when these people are just as passionate as me and have to go through, you know, so much more to appreciate yeah. the game in the way they wish to appreciate it. A lot of, a lot of great photos mm. in the book and yeah. uh, a lot of them involving players and, and ex-players from Arsenal and, and managers yeah. and Arsene Wenger and all sorts. Um, uh, do you think they're encouraged to, to get involved with the, with the community side of the club yeah, a, I think a lot very more much. than they used to be? Yeah, I think very much so. And there's always been the, oh, the, the, the wheel out, the players at Great Ormond Street at Christmas, but, and maybe you think that's what you see, and, it's, it's, you know, and certainly in this day and age when we all know footballers earn ridiculous money, yeah. they do do a lot more than perhaps we realise. And I think Arsenal was a club um, has a very good reputation, as Paul said off air, for being very strong in the community, you know, with their disabled supporters and, and with their supporters in general. Yeah, so, uh, I thought I, there was a little story about this recently. As an Arsenal fan took his son to a game, and his um, son was was completely thrown by just the noise level. Um, yeah. uh, that, that that story, Paul, is actually mirrored in the book. And the yeah. guy who came out of it is a guy called Luke Howard, who right. works yeah, for Arsenal yeah. in the community. And this, you have a sensory room yeah, at yeah. the club. Uh, Arsenal, you? it's not the first sensory room. Mm. I mean, Sunderland had the first, but it, it is one of the most advanced. And to be a proper sensory room, you actually have to be a control of the sound and control the, the light for the highly you know okay, light yeah. sensitive children, autistic children with heightened sensory needs. And that there is there's another example in the book. There's part of the chapters with Luke who runs the sensory room, part is with a, a mum called Carly and her son Reggie, who had the very similar experience to that one that was related recently yeah. where yeah, the the boy was really looking forward to going to the match. He was desperate to go to his first Arsenal game, but I just could not handle it because of the autism, the sound, mm. it the, the light, everything was too much. And that person would have left the stadium. But Luke has trained all the stewards in Arsenal and the stewards yeah. Sort of said at half time, why are you leaving? And when, when the father that was what was so and when the father David, explained yeah. it, he said, Well, I think I'm let me make a phone call. And in the book, uh, Luke explains that whilst the, the room can take 10 parents and 10 children, they normally keep it five or six for this very instance, yeah, in case something happens on the day. But for all you know, just for any one of the stewards to know that a sensory room exists and and then to lead them to it was, mm. was, was brilliant, I yeah, think. it was superb. Yeah. yeah, can you just tell us quickly about Panathlon? Yeah, well, Panathlon is a charity that Alex is a patron of. Um, so when I was thinking of, I wanted to give some of my royalties to a charity that was befitting, if you like, off the subject matter of the book. And obviously Alex is a patron and they encourage um, competitive sport uh, in disabled children uh -huh. at schools and competitions all around the country and have done for years. And in fact, chapter one with Tom Clements um, is an individual who's come through, if you like, you know, being being sort of led to believe at a young age in school that he could compete. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's now a qualified cricket, tennis and football coach. You know, he's, he's cerebral palsy, he's 32 now, but, he, you know, he's uh, he's an example of someone who's given that belief by Panathlon. So. Mm. 
Every club, I take it, has a disability access officer, doesn't it? Any, any, any big club. You There's an think. interesting point, Paul. Very mm. interesting point. Every club has to have a disability access officer or a disability liaison officer. You know, they can, Arsenal have both. But the interesting point, and again, I'm not going to cast dispersions on any particular club, but some clubs might just pay lip, serv- lip service and give that hat to someone who's already got a main job. Right. So you might have someone who's, it'd be like Mark Brindle at Arsenal, who's the, the supporters officer, making him the disabled supporters officer as well. Uh, and that happens even in the Premier League. So people are almost just given the job um, on top of another job. Um, but Arsenal have taken it very, very seriously. In fact, Alan Francis, who's in the book, has been there since 2004. Mm. In fact, the launch on Saturday is Alan's last match. He's, oh, retiring, wow. he's retiring, you know, after 18 years service at the club. Wow. And is there, when you speak to, I'm not just Arsenal fans, but I mean just fans generally, is there, is there more that they feel there is even more that that can be done? You know, you're you're, you're looking at uh, Arsenal maybe in one or two other Premier League sides as the the gold standard, but is is there even more that could be done for fans yeah, with disabilities? I, I think at 100, percent Paul, I do. I think there's and some of the stuff I've learned and some of the stuff that Arsenal haven't done yet. They're thinking is doing. I'll give you an example. Um, a few years ago, obviously, when Arsene Wenger left the club, there was a big fanfare on the last home game, as you would expect after all those years' service. Bob Wilson, Pat Rice were on the pitch. They were talking, um, and there was no there was no British sign language, and there was no subtitles on the big screen. So anyone who's deaf in the stadium mm. after 20-odd years' service couldn't yeah. hear what Bob Wilson was saying. So things like that. Uh, so they're looking to add subtitles on the big screen at the Emirates, and there are always things you can do. Um, I think one of the uh, one of the chaps in the book, Anthony Joy, who was, who was chairman of the Arsenal Disabled Sports Association, he does a lot with level playing field. He's it's quite big in the charity sector, pushing for more accessibility, not just in football, but in all sports. And he would like the idea that you could actually have a whole family together because quite often in the club, you might have one person who's disabled and there might be you know, another child who isn't disabled and both parents aren't disabled. Can the four of them sit together? In the modern world of football, when money's everything, that doesn't seem very possible, sure. but it could be. Yeah. In new stadiums, you, you could design that so you could have family of four together where one or two are disabled it's it's not there now it could be something in the future yeah i mean as, as more and more kind of more new purpose-built stadiums are made um you know there are no excuses are there some clubs i think in the, maybe have hidden behind the, their facilities meaning they can't do certain Tot- things Tot- but tottenham have a great sense of yeah in the new stadium yeah so i would imagine as i said this so much of that is is part of the thought process when you build a new stadium and everton will be the same as they're building 100 et etc cetera, etc cetera. well it's a fascinating we area Le- legends it? publishing yes um where can where can people buy it it's it's, it's been available for some time mm-hmm. about a month on legends publishing.net uh, under their Arsenal books, uh, it's now available. Um, five Arsenal. That's that's obviously the, the joy for me as an Arsenal supporter that it's become an in Arsenal the club book. Shop as well. as, as a, we've got the launch in the Armoury, which is the club shop on Saturday after the Newcastle game. Right. Uh, there'll be a. I'll reveal it exclusively because people have been asking me. I know Per Mertesacker will be with me for the launch and the signing oh, on Saturday after the match. Um, so yeah. Both, both places. We wish you well with the book. Dave. Lovely to see Thanks, you. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much. In. Arsenal for everyone. Embracing diversity and equality by Dave Seeker is available, as we said, from Legends Publishing. It is Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talksport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And it's a new interim era oh. at uh, Manchester. An interim interim era at Manchester United with uh, Michael Carrick yeah. stepping up to take charge of the team. We'll be chatting about that in a few moments' time with comedian Danny McLaughlin, the man we last saw, I think, at the 
um, football museum. Football museum Manchester came football in, didn't museum, it? Yeah, to see us. Museum, yeah, that's true. Had an away day there. We're just having a trouble with his line. We're it's, working it's a, on it now. If, if Carrick gets a draw <clears> or <throat> a win tonight, yeah. and then he wins and he beats Chelsea Sunday, is it suddenly going to be a well? Mm, well, he we could, right. you know, surely there can't be suddenly a the sort of that's the, the, well, we'll ask Danny in a minute till the end of the season. Head you know. of steam sort of uh, thing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got, wasn't it? He did really, that led to him getting the gig. So well, maybe they just let all ex-players all turn up and have a go yeah. at it Give it just till the end of the season end. it's um, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talks well, let's now chat to uh, Danny McLaughlin uh, shall we a uh, man sent me last saw at the Manchester Football Museum uh, good afternoon Danny hi how are you doing Very yeah well, we're good Dan. I mean more importantly how are you doing after a fairly tumultuous 72 or so hours been all right. I mean, I'm, I'm used to it now. <laughs> sort of every eighteen months to, to what three years this happens now. So yeah, like I, to be honest, and spend that long with stability and and winning under Fergie. Now I actually want it to be rubbish and and tumultuous to, for a bit. <laughs> you like the <laughs> chaos. Like you love a, just a few years of chaos uh, to make you appreciate yeah. the good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like the, the the perceived wisdom is that you know it's the same coaches taking charge tonight um, that were working with the team before, and the word was that Ollie was quite prepared often for those guys to have a pretty strong say in what was going on. So, how are you feeling about? It? Do, you, do you think there will be a different mood, a bit of a different mentality, or are you expecting more of the same? I think it's got it's going to be the same, right? Surely, like nothing, like you said, no, no one was stopping them dudes. Say, having their say, it's not as if they were they were muted by Ollie. I can't yeah. imagine him being that type of guy. I can't imagine him ever saying, "Ollie Michael, no, you shut up." Like he just, just seems like a nice guy. So I imagine if Carrick really wanted to say anything in the last two years, he could have said stuff. Mm. So I just don't know what. It's more of the same. It just looks like they're just appeasing, like fans who just have had enough now and just want to see some change. It's typical Glazers, though, to look like, look, we, we are doing it, look. Mm. We are doing it. Mm. And then it'll never, they'll, they'll just get away with it as long as they can. It's the same with Woodward. Woodward's like, yeah, I'm leaving, honest, and now he's not going to leave. So <laughs> it's just look around the eyes. It, that's how it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I watched um, The Three Kings last night, which is a, a brilliant documentary about Samat Busby and uh, Jock Steen uh, and Bill Shankly. Yeah. Really, oh, I thought you meant the film with Ice Cube. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched <laughs> that as well. I, 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 I did The Three Kings double last night. Yeah. But I want to ask you about the football one. Um, and Samat Busby, when he retired, still stayed around the club. And, mm. and, and when they bought Franco Farrell in, who was also a Torquay United manager, oh, um, to, to be the manager, it was felt like Samat was still in the background too much. Do you feel there's an element of that with Sir Alex at all? With you know, I, even Ole calling him, the, you know, the boss. I genuinely think like Sir Alex Ferguson needs to go and work at B and Q now. If he's if he wants something to do, he needs to go and get a job with the people of his age and go go around B and Q and show people the difference between a flathead and a Phillips. Like, <laughs> I just. It does see, even if it's not, it looks that way, innit? And I know he can, the thing is, though, is because he's earned it, he can honestly do what he wants. So if he's there, you've sort of got to let him do what you want. You can't tell him, like, you can come, but you can't say anything, or yeah. we're not doing that. So he's either got to be there or not be there. Or, so he's either got to be there and just listen to him on everything, 
Yeah. Or he's got to not be there and just be somewhere. Else. Go and, why does he want to be there? Go and enjoy your retirement. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that's the whole thing with, with the class of '92 as well. Is it if 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 one of them can't do it, then that that sort of means they all can't do it and they all can't be involved. So and they're so it's in the structure of being generalisation. No, no, no. But I mean that's I think yeah. that's what they see. That's just the, how they see how it works. Yeah, I think. Do you know third years? Do you know that bus driver that stands on the bus on his day off and talks to the guy that's actually driving the bus? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. He just gets on for free because he misses yeah. the chat. Yeah, I think he's always he's he's always been a sounding board if they've if they've wanted it. But um, I mean, so what about this Pochettino story then? Are you are you excited by the prospect potentially of him coming in uh, sooner rather I, than later? I, don't, I I mean, I want someone in sooner rather than later, but I don't. I'm not really enamoured with Pochettino. Like, I just feel like he's always got that. You know, Ollie's always got that. We had that semi-final thing over him, and and then lost in the final. It was looking like he was never ever gonna gonna get it done. I just can't get that finishing third in a two-horse race, like mm. when Leicester won the league out of my head, and the like that performance against Liverpool in the Champions League final was one of the worst performances in a final that I've seen for ages. It was toothless, and I know Kane was probably injured and shouldn't have played. I just, I don't know. I just don't know how different he is. I think he's just a glossier. He's like Ollie with better hair, I think. <laughs> they clearly wanted a manager. Do they clearly want the manager that they see as a someone who's going to be there for the long term? They didn't want what they saw as a kind of come in, wham, bam, two years, Conte-like manager. But, I mean, you're a fan of the club. You go and watch him play. Would you have been happy with someone like... Do you mind someone coming in who's a bit scorched earth? You've had two managers like that in recent years, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't want Conte. If you give me a choice between Poch and Conte, I'd rather have those people. The trouble is, though, is this board are so like nefarious. You don't know why they're bringing someone in. So in my head, because I this board, I know about this board and what they do and what they're like. They only want Pochettino because they can. He's like malleable, and they can tell him what to do. I, I genuinely think they want someone who's not going to kick up a fuss. That's why mm. they had Ollie. Like it's like that. The, like the woman that settles for a fella that probably isn't as good looking because she can tell him what to do and stuff. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not sure, Danny. That that's Pochettino. I think the reason that. That, you won't. Is... will never be able to go fishing again. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that that last year when he kind of checked out, really, a lot of that was to do with him not being enamoured with the board and getting the support of the board. I think he's someone that can, you know, he can fall out with the board. Um, like I mean, in some ways, Zidane, as we were talking to Kevin Hatchard about this earlier on, would be a better choice. Someone who's used to dealing with a lot of politics upstairs. Um, I'm not sure Pochettino would would sort of limply put up with everything. Um, so it, it, look, it's higher. It's interesting, though, you think that you'd prefer him, even though he hasn't won stuff, to someone like Conte, who, who's someone who has. And I saw Jamie Carragher saying today in the Telegraph, saying, you know, football's changed. You can't bring a man in to be there for 10 years. The cycle, of a, the cycle of a top manager at all clubs is about three, four mm. years tops. And, you know, Klopp and Pep are exceptions at the moment. But generally, that's the case. I think you're right, but the difference is is when that new manager comes in, if that is the case that they're changing every two years, then they all come in and want money. And with this board, they're not going to get it. They're going to end up with another Fred, Lee Grant and Diego Delo transfer window. Mm. 
like Mourinho had in his second year or whatever it was. So I think that's that's the issue from United fans is like, okay, bring that manager in if you're going to give them what they want to win all the time. Mm. Bring the winners in. But I just they're not going to get that at United. They're going to be like, here's a cheese sandwich and a, and a left winger that used to play in the second division in France and see what you can do. Yeah. Well, big night tonight though, isn't it? If they can get get through the group stage, get buys them a bit of time really till the new year when maybe the new man comes in. But the idea if they don't get through the group stage and end up in the Europa League and they get gubbed on Saturday, then then it's, you're going to have to get McKen, which is quite possible the way. Although, you know, maybe Michael Carrick's the man that always pulled a result out of the bag. It wasn't Ole all along. Yeah. <laughs> it was Michael Carrick. Chuck always... Ronaldo on. Yeah. It was Ma- Carrick's <laughs> idea. Like you can still make it scan. It still works as a song. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's that they're just appointing people who they don't have to change that song. Yeah, syllable. It's a syllable-based man- management <laughs> yeah, decision. Yeah, They've gone yeah. down that route. Well, uh, <laughs> enjoy the game as much as you can tonight, Danny. Thanks very much. Cheers, Danny. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. There we are, Manchester United fan and comedian. Uh, a bit, uh, yeah, a bit worn down by it all. A bit yeah, beaten. Well, he always is. He <laughs> yeah, is when they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Off the back of our chat uh, earlier on with Lee Warren, yeah. um, uh, I asked you, Charlie, whether you'd seen many red and yellow cards in youth football with your, your lad playing yeah. under 16s and Les got in touch yeah, Bristol City fan he said I'm a level 5 county referee and I have to admit that knowing kids play fines for their cards affects the way I referee matches at the end of the day if a 13 or 14 year old boy or girl receive the card it's the parents who have to pay the fine which I think is unfair so consequently you try to manage the game without giving cards which is counterproductive because then the kids are getting away with it the cards just totted up to create a situation where the kid was banned from playing which is more or less what Lee was talking about with his different card. At least that affects the player and not the parents. I find that if I'm doing youth football, I give cards as a last resort. And I know that uh, lots of my fellow referees do the same. A little bit different with adult football, because if you don't issue the cards, you'll quickly lose control of the game. But as a ref... Uh, you uh, as a referee you're object to my role as a revenue collector yeah so he doesn't feel like he should be there no, collecting yeah. revenue for the FA so Les thank you very much for that I, I genuinely didn't know that happened um, no I know I know that if you've got I know there's bans and that sort of stuff but I didn't know there was a proper fine to be paid so it does seem very counterproductive but it's obviously been does. going on a while so what do I know Paul we heard you know. there uh, from uh, Nicola Sturgeon didn't we uh, just now First Minister of Scotland and uh, she did a staged photo shoot yesterday Charlie yeah and uh, it was in a, a, a boxing ring and uh, and she stacked it basically she oh. fell over on purpose not on purpose no not on no no I didn't wasn't like was a, do a kind of knocked out or something a kind know. of Prince Naz um, <laughs> way into the ring <laughs> what, what, her, what her plan was but yeah so uh, I mean how you know quite like Neil cool. Kinnock on the beach have you ever tried to get into a ring of any I've kind nev- I've, no I've never been in a boxing through, ring do you go ball. over the ropes you go through the oh, ropes knowing me I try and go over the ropes it's a big question isn't it I mean if you do trip over complain that the matting was too thick Naz did when he did one of his famous entrances once didn't he fall did over? He fall? Did he? And did he sort he? of laughed it off because yeah. he'd done it well enough over the years. But yeah. I mean, I suppose it, if you're trying to build a, a sort of sheen of invincibility as a fighter, if you, Mr. Grimsdale, if you do a, if you do the full <laughs> yeah. Norman wisdom as you get into the ring, you're not really going to. It could be a good it way. Might be to a dis- tactic though. You see, Paul, be a bit, a bit of yeah. false sense of security. Be, getting caught up in the ropes. Be loved. Oh, they'll fall, fall, on, fall on your face. Proper rope dope stuff. Tripping like, oh. some water, and they think, oh, who's this? In it? And then he comes out and he bring a ladder on with you. 
and fall off it. <laughs> Start bringing props. Great. That's right. When I nod my head, you hit it. Be all of that, wouldn't it? Do all yeah. the stuff, like make a cake and put your face in it. Yeah, that's all, lovely. All great ideas, Charlie. Good stuff. Andy in Blackpool's been on. He? he wants to see In the Line of Fire, which is a film where Martin of Fire goes round the world queuing. You want to see that, Just, really? Yeah, that's not... <laughs> That's not quite the film you thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, the Constant Gardener, Clive in Leicester. Surprisingly, he didn't go down the route that it's the story of Anthony Gardener. Oh. Uh, the fine, uh, I suppose, Hull and England centre-half of the past. Uh, this is what uh, would happen if, if all films... Um, were basically sports films off the, the House of, of Gucci. The House of Gucci being about former uh, Essex and England uh, player Graham Gooch exactly, and yeah, uh, yeah. his life at Chelmsford as a fine batsman. <laughs> this is the, the 350 I scored against combined universities. Gaga. She'd love it, wouldn't she? She'd definitely be happy to be part of that. It, film. Is, a, it is the name of a Gaga album, isn't it? The Corridor of Uncertainty. I think it could be. see that. It? Yeah. It'd be it, a great it, James it Bond film. When did she drop the lady? I mean, I heard her interviewed the other day. Uh, is she day known as Gaga film. now? Is she? Well, the, the interviewer was calling her Gaga. Yeah. Uh, which is quite interesting. Oh, yeah, there we are. Gonna, you, you, gags. She'd be, known in, in, she'd be known in the dressing room as Gags, probably. Gagsy. <laughs> Gagsy. <laughs> Go down that room. We love yeah, that. Be, that definitely. Was she was in the last week's show today. You know, there, Paul. That's exactly. Well, be that. There we are. Um, anything else? Oh, yes. Yeah, this was another story from today, Charlie. You oh, might yeah. like. Um, uh, this is the uh, Zitsipas, the fine uh, tennis player. Oh, yes. Um, he has led to a change in the rules around um, comfort breaks in tennis. Of course, because he went for one that, that uh, Andrew Andy Murray described as uh, longer than it took Jeff Bezos to get to the moon and Eight back. Minutes. <laughs> eight minutes. Whenever he got to the moon, no, Charlie. Into space into and back, space, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, Eight-minute break. I mean, I think it's 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 a bit much. When he puts the paper under his arm, <laughs> when he picks up that copy of the sun or the mirror and goes, I'll see you in eight minutes. Takes his phone. Walks off like George Cole in the St. Trinian Comes back on the court. I'll give it a minute. Yeah, that's right. Lighting a match. Yeah, it's... So I think that's a bit much, um, but he's 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 got he's not he did seven minutes. In it's the game. just have to play through, Paul. Seven, Comfort break. Well, no, what they've said is there's going to be a time limit on it, and uh, yeah, so you only get to do one during yeah, the game unless you can make, unless you're looking for a medical exemption. But if you just need one comfort break, it's all you can get, and there will it will be it will be time. It has got out of that. In my view, I watch a lot of tennis because I like tennis an awful lot, and in right. my view, the comfort breaks the the. The trainer coming on are, are just now nine times out of ten used yeah. as tactic tactically. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's dodgy. This is a time to get maybe uh, Paula Radcliffe on and, and talk about no, you know, if if it happens, it happens. Yeah. You just have to. <laughs> yes, or Gary Lineker. And if we see a bit of Clara, as we did with uh, Emma Redicani when she exactly. grazed her knee. No one get comes on with it. just get on with it. It's like... Me and you sit every three hours, It's Paul. the Terry Butcher school of women's tennis. Is, it, is that what you're claiming? <laughs> yeah, just, just, just wrapping yourself up in bandages. Just, just get on with it. Your Charlie. ankle's broken. Yeah. Get on with it. It's also a bit unfortunate that it's all built around Zitsipas because it's it's a word that's not a million miles away from <laughs> what might happen to him because of the change in the rules. Depending how you if, say it. If you were writing a limerick about him, <laughs> there'd be only one way to go. Only one way to go. So I'm sure that will be the tabloid headline. When finally yes, he doesn't get the eight minutes he needed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Saw a tweet earlier on from Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a multi billionaire. Oh, and yeah. he said, I aspire to comedy. It came oh, from lovely. Patton Oswalt. He was, uh, I don't know if he's going to workshop him. 
Yeah, but um, I think it's somebody else on the block now. Imagine that. He's a young lad trying out for the first time. Yeah. Here is Elon Musk. Here he comes. I mean, how hungry would he be as a, as a young comic? Oh, well, like an old comic. Well, Quite. Do you know M- what it's money, like? Money it? doesn't make you funny, Paul. You know, I was, I was <laughs> yeah. having money. You can't buy. What do you open with? I mean, what do you open with? <laughs> you know is what it's it? like. Yeah, you know. What is it? You I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you buy a solid gold house, <laughs> and then you know the next thing you know, yeah, yeah. there's nowhere. To go, you know there? what it's like when your private jet doesn't turn up on time. Yeah, it's it's quite a difficult set to strike. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe that's his. Maybe thing. he plays high status, Paul. You see. Maybe that's his way in. Calls us all plebs. I think he'd get booed. We are <laughs> looking for places this afternoon that is inappropriate to boo. Uh, we think football isn't. Uh, the effort you're going to actually shape your mouth to go boom <laughs> is, is quite weird, really. In the this bride moment. going down, we're not going to beat oh, that. Yeah. Paul. We're no, not, no one's going to beat Ian's story of uh, the bride who wouldn't allow a stag do for the groom. So the groom's mates booed her when she walked down the aisle. That's a dark story, Ian. That's so bad. It goes down. Occasionally we get a story and think we're not going to trump that. The it was bloke, the greatest day of my life. Yes. <laughs> Apart from his friends. I mean, he'll. Talk me through the wedding. He'll never forget that. He'll always, whenever they have a round, he'll no. always. And yeah, remember your mates at the wedding booing booed me. me. They booed I, me. I don't Darren. want Ian anywhere near. I mean, he's not coming. He's not coming to the. He's not coming to the barbecue. None of that None lot who booed are coming. Constant. I've seen booing. them on the video. So anyway, uh, we move on. And they'd have kept it in the video this, or not? Uh, they'd have put music over it. Yeah, they dubbed it. Low level booing. Yeah. Um, no hissing. Obviously, no, no, no one hisses course. at the football. That's the Dolby. Know? Yeah, that's true. it's good. Yes, yeah, it's a good job. It's it's too it's old school villain nonsense. Anyway, uh, this is a nice story for the world of Newcastle United. And um, our next guest uh, decided to get some autographs, I think, with his uh, kids uh, before the game. He's a season ticket holder at St James's Park. And um, the incredible thing that happens is that uh, uh, Alison Maxman came up. He thought probably to sign his autograph. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he did a bit more than that. And uh, Michael joins us now. Michael Owen, the Newcastle fan in question. Hi, Michael. Hey guys, you alright? Yeah, yeah good, thanks, we're Michael. good. So talk us through it. There you were, you and you and your kids getting some autographs uh, before the game, and Alison Maximum pulls up in his car. What happened next? He wait, he, he sat in his car for a little while, like like he normally does, and then he got out and he just he, he wandered over. I just thought, oh, he's, he's coming over here to sign some kids' shirts and give a few autographs, you know. Uh, and he headed to me and he says, "Here, this is for you," and. I thought he was at first pointing to one of my lads, um, Lucas. I thought he was going to give him a gift or something. You know, he says, "No, no, this is for you. Uh, please open it." And I opened it, and there it was—a a tag of watch. Oh, no way! Totally gobsmacked. Wow, he's giving you a you tag. You've, it, it, right? It's worth about two grand. You understand? Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, uh, I've Google. I've been part of Google. It and says, "Yeah, it's, it's worth about two grand. Wow. Probably, probably more with it being his. You know, but it, it, it's not about the value of it. It's, uh, it's." It's sentimental value, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know. What did, what did you, know, you say to him, Michael? I mean, when you opened it, and what did you say? You thought, seriously? Well, I was I was gobsmacked. There wasn't much I could say. I was I was lost for words, really. Yeah. The only thing I could I think of was was to get a photograph of him with with him, you know. And I, I tried to say thank you, but he obviously was busy signing other autographs and that as well, you know. So that's why I, I posted on Twitter to, to say how much appreciated I was, yeah. you know, and how humbled and that, you know. So it was just totally. I'm I'm still in shock now. I mean, as a play, as a player, he's been a real sort of beacon of light for Newcastle fans, hasn't he? Throughout oh, the throughout the last few years, where it's you know been up and down, and he's he's been 
there for you, exciting you, scoring goals. Whenever he's on the pitch, he seems to give a 110% for, for the fans. Oh, without a doubt. And the Newcastle fans love players like that. I mean, we've had the likes of Ginola, Robert and Ben Arthur, mm. all similar traits to what he's got, you know. And they love to see him. Players take people on and get down the wing and, and beat the player, you know. And he's got tricks. I mean, nobody else has got tricks like mm. he's got, you know what I mean? So you you're going yeah, you're a marked man, but you're planning to wear it for the match, I take it. Are you going to wear it for games, Michael, or not? Yeah. Uh, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but while I mean, I'll take it. Look, who knows what the circumstances are, but he clearly set out that day. He saw you all standing there, and he were in the moment, and he's, who knows, it could have been a sponsor's thing, could have been one he bought, who knows. But it, just in the moment, he felt that Lovely kind thing. of... That sort yeah. of camaraderie with the fans, that togetherness with the fans, and wanted to thank one of them randomly. Yeah, just I, I just don't know why it was me. Because I like to say there's, there's hundreds of fans go there and watch the players come in. I mean, I was like rock, the side of a pillar. Really, I, I wasn't really in full view. I just don't know, understand why. Mm. You know, it's probably because yeah. you wasn't holding up a cardboard sign that yeah. said, uh, "Alan, your can, shirt, can yeah, I have yeah. your watch?" <laughs> <laughs> You're probably the only one. Yeah, can yeah. I, <laughs> He's probably really the only one who wasn't holding up the side. Built a rod for his own yeah. back now, Alan, yeah. isn't he? He's going to oh, be that's there. the trouble. They, they are going to be holding <laughs> him up at St James's Park from now. And can, yeah, this, can, I, can I have your gold can ring I have your and watch. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well lovely, lovely touch, though. Um, and, and, Absolutely. You know, and it's great that you put it out there and you let people know uh, what he did for I it. He probably wouldn't. Him, yeah. him to get some recognition for it, you know, a, a guy like that. I mean, if more footballers were like that, you know, it would be amazing, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. the combined ranks of the Spurs uh, Newcastle fans will be uh, getting behind David Ginlar in the jungle. I haven't seen a great deal of him yet, but apparently he's coming across very well. He's another nice man, so, he, yeah. so I'm sure we'll all, we'll all be voting for him. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. And how are you feeling finally about, um, look, uh, uh, you know, there were some positive signs the other day. I mean, again, there's issues at the back, it's as we get, saw. Get through to January, basically, isn't it? Yeah, it's just kind of get through. And uh, Yeah, just, I mean, hmm. the Saturday's game was much better, more on the front foot. We still can't defend. I think we need to make some changes. I think we need to get our number one keeper back in there. The first goal was, I yeah. think, was a mistake by Dalo. Not too soon after we scored, you know, and yeah. it kept that out. It might have been a different story, but is the um, atmosphere better there? Uh, would much, you say, Michael? Much, yeah? much better, much mm. better. Even when we're down, there's nobody getting on at the players' backs or the manager. You know, they back in, they back in the players. You know, I think they've got light at the end of the tunnel. We know, we know we're going to get signings in. We know we're going yeah. to go places, and we just got to be patient. Like absolutely, like, uh, the owners say, you know. Well, look, good yeah. to talk to you. Enjoy the watch. Brilliant. Yeah. And, um, What's the time? in the story public. You haven't got it, you haven't got it on now, have you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't got it on now. No, it's locked away. Do you have to have it resized? Because uh, has he got bigger wrists than you or smaller wrists? <laughs> no, it, it actually fits as okay. Oh, he must have. That's quite maybe, creepy, this. Maybe he had a look. No. Maybe he had a little it look. Was, He's who's like, got wrists like me? <laughs> it's, it's like Darren Brown. It didn't have to Michael all the best. He's <laughs> yeah. already, already inscribed it for you. Yeah, it's all getting a bit weird now. Brilliant. Uh, good to talk to you, Michael. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. There we are, Michael Unwin there, the Newcastle fan. Gifted a £2,000, I'll tell you what it was for you watch fiends out there, the Tag Heuer uh, Aqua Racer. Oh, lovely. Um, lovely watch. Used to be a lovely magician's thing. Is this your watch? <laughs> didn't it? Always, always used to then be. Put in a, put put in a lovely big reveal, it wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. Oh, and then you give them the broken one. Yeah, yeah. And oh. then that's where the trick ends. Yeah. <laughs> you walk away and you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
Maximum. Has anybody got Alan Sam Maximan's yeah, number? Yeah, got his number. I need a new watch. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Fantastic show, Paul. It, yeah, fantastic. Really was. It? was. Really, really good one. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah, the Scotsman. TripAdvisor. Okay, stars. fantastic. Yeah. Great breakfast. Yeah. Do you have to send? I have to send you a letter saying thank you very much for the yeah. very kind review. If you can, yes. Um, that's it. Uh, back I'll, tomorrow with Andy. I am. That's right. I'm here with Andy. And you're back on Thursday, Thursday John. for the oh. spread. For the spread. Look forward to that. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.